listener production. Hey, psst. Hey, yeah, you. It's me, Ursula. I'm here in your ear holes. Now, before we get into today's episode, I, I want to tell you something pretty cool. I'm gay. I'm gay. No, not that. I want to let you know that you can be on this podcast with me and my brother, Nazim Hussain. He's not my real brother. One of us is adopted. We're adopted parents. All you have to do is click on the link in the show notes, tell us what shits you to tears, and you could be joining us for an afternoon of complaining. What bliss. I'll pack the snacks. All right, let's get into today's episode. And this week I'm chatting to Zana Garg. Yeah, you heard it. My brand new best friend. We met in Montreal. We had coffee. Then we had breakfast. Then we just rolled into lunch. And before you know it, we are best friends in the world. And she will be telling you on this podcast the best story in the world of how she met her husband. Yeah, old school baby. She took out a personal ad on the interwebs. Back in the day when interwebs were just one-liners and you had a weird little name that the computer issued to you. She got a husband. They've been together and they made three beautiful babies. Zana is my absolute hero because, much like myself, she's not ashamed or afraid to call out her mother-in-law. Join the club, sis. Join the club. A woman with humor as bold as her personality. This is my chat with the hilarious Zana Garg. Shh, that's quite enough. Just shut your mouth. I don't give a self-respect. Shush, please. Yes, I can hear. But I don't care. That's enough already. So um, for those of you playing the home game, Zana and I met for the first time ever in Montreal, but it wasn't the first time that I'd ever seen your stuff because you're on my For You page on TikTok because you slid into my DMs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I do with all my female crushes. Yeah. And I'm here for it. Yeah. And I have to tell you, because I don't normally, I'm quite picky. Like, I don't like to eat with people. I think it's sort of the African in me where I go, I, I need to know you. I need to, because when you have a meal with someone, it's sort of a very intense, like to me, it's more, I'd rather fuck you than eat with you. You know, it's a very personal thing to eat with someone. And you're like, let's go eat. And I, yeah. And with in the first, was it like three minutes? We were eating off each other's plates. I mean, but I knew that was going to happen. Come on, the chemistry was there, Ursula. Why are you denying it to all these people? We, it was there from the minute, from the get-go. <laughs> was Montreal hard for you? Did you enjoy it? I really think it was a highlight of my trip that I got to connect with you. Listen, I met so many amazing people, but yeah, one of you, like when I met you, I'm like, we're going to be friends forever. I just know it. You texted me. You were so funny. You're like, you're the Houdini of late night shows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I would walk there. It's like eight blocks. I'm going to go see Zana perform in this late show. And then, like, oh, no, I'm not coming. I got out of that. And I'm like, holy shit, no one else. And, you you know, like, if I say I'm going to do something, I can try and get out of it. They're like, no, you said you are going to do it, so you're doing it. Well, you're like, nah, not tonight. <laughs> Well, I mean, there are advantages to playing a real classic Indian auntie. I was like, you know, it's midnight. Like, look at me. I'll even play the religion card if I need to. Yeah. I'll be like, I know I have to get up. I have to go to the temple. I know Montreal has a temple, <laughs> I, but I'll I'll pull that card if it works. <laughs> I'm going to do that next time. I've got to go to the temple. It's, it's Pancake House, but still the same thing. Same thing. Listen, you we worship. It's between you and your God, okay? Yeah. I have no judgment there. Yeah, it's it's between the liters of um, syrup that we can get in us. Holy shit. Yeah. 
Hi, um, you only started doing comedy in 2018. You know, like when people go, your rise has been really fast. You're, it's like you've just skipped all of the steps and gone right to the top. You've got a special out. Um, you've been voted best comedian, I think, in the universe. Well, I mean, why limit it? Why limit it to this universe? Like, what do you think? Like, the, I can't hold up against the aliens? <laughs> Best comedians ever, ever, anywhere of all time. The greatest, biggest, bestest. I'm like such a shameless self-promoter. Like yeah. I will create titles that have never existed if it means I'm going to promote myself with them. Yeah, but I mean, you don't even have to because you have won most of those things. Yeah. Have you, you have met some of the biggest names like in the world. Yeah. And you have hosted the Hillary Clinton. It was a Hillary Clinton, yeah, gutsy woman. I was part of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's she has done an Apple TV series called Gutsy Women, where she mm. profiles women who are doing like you know cool stuff. Yeah. yeah. So tell us how you got into comedy, and how this insane rise. Right through COVID, you still fucking rose to the top. You know, I don't know what it was like in Australia and South Africa, but in America, there were a lot of conspiracy theories. Mm. How COVID started, where did it start? Did it start in the lab? Did it start at the bat and the market and China? And there was a lot of conspiracy theories. Mm. I knew where COVID started. Where? I knew. It started in my mother-in-law's kitchen. <laughs> That bitch was like, I will take down the world if I have to, to shut this one up. <laughs> and she did everything. And it was a very personal fight for me. So I was working every day. I was doing jokes on the streets of New York, in the subway, in the bus. I had a tree in Central Park that was the Auntie Zarna tree. Yeah. Where every Friday and Saturday I told jokes for free, uh, you wow. know, all throughout COVID for a, for a year and a half. Holy shit. So... I did, and I think that in one of those free situations, or scary, how you want to look at it, because I freaked a lot of subway passengers out because I had a mobile speaker and a mic that I would go with all over the place. Yeah. And I would like, you know, like how you see crazy people in, in like public spaces and you're like, oh, yeah. stay away. Like sometimes yeah. they would look at me and be like, what is she doing? And I would be, I'm just telling you a joke. Can I just tell you a joke? I wrote a new joke. And they're like, we don't want to hear it. I'm like, no, no, but believe me, you want to hear it. Are you for real? Is that what you really did? Yeah. Holy and shit. I did it so much yeah. that the JBL speaker company found me and they're like, can we give you a free speaker so you have a better speaker? <laughs> Probably one of them walked past you and went, that is, that is a shit speaker. We're getting uh, something yeah. better. I did. For a year and a half, I did. like, And I actually believe that Kevin Hart's production team found me in one of those situations yeah. because then I got a call from their company casting me in one of his comedy competitions. Yeah. Uh, but I really, you know, look, I started late. I was a stay-at-home mom for 16 years. Yeah. I have three kids. And 16 years of being home with the kids, I learned something. Yeah. I'm not that into them. <laughs> so... Took you a while. I was like, I I like my kids, but I hate being a mom. I hate yeah. being a mom. Can I just say it? Can yeah. we just all acknowledge that it's a fucking shit job? I mean, yeah. you know how everybody like is panicking. AI is going to take our jobs. AI is yeah. going to take our. I'm like, the one job AI is not taking is the job of a mother. 
Yeah. Even AI looked at it. They're like, wait, you have to scoop the poop and pull the snot and mash the food. No, no, we don't have to take every job. Yeah. You keep this one. Yeah. I tell you now, AI will come and take men's jobs. AI feels like the Viagra of the internet. It's just going to come and help men and fuck women. We're still yeah. going to be doing the same shit that we're doing. Yes. And more of it probably somehow. Somehow we're going to do more of it. I had a moment in my 40s like what has my life become? Yeah. I I became like a soccer mom. I don't even care about soccer yeah. at all. Yeah. I became the mom who's a piano lesson and violin and I don't care about any of that stuff. And like we in India didn't grow up with our parents obsessing about every minute of our enrichment. Yeah. And somehow that became my life and I was really trying to work like I desperately wanted to work and have an income. Yeah. I couldn't figure out how to do it, you know. Uh every Hollywood movie when they show a working mom, it's like they're so cool, right? They're yeah. like, "Oh, they're just running in their sexy tops." <laughs> and like me, I'm like lugging around like a big cart with like big tubs of yeah. like big 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 food and everything. I was so irritated with the whole thing. and i i was frustrated and my kids you know they're all american they're like mom you should do comedy yeah. i was like that's not a thing yeah and they're like no that's a job and i'm like that's not a job like no one's going to pay money for jokes yeah and they're like no mom com- comedians make money and like literally you know yeah. when you're a mom anything your kid tells you is wrong yeah so I was like all right you know what let me go to check out what this comedy thing is and just so I can come back and tell my kids how stupid they are yeah and that I should have never gone there to begin with and the first open mic I went to I was like oh oh what this is a thing yeah and then since then I haven't stopped trashing my mother-in-law <laughs> oh no and you even say um there's a clip of you calling her a cunt and I was blown away by that I'm like I for an Indian woman to trash her mother-in-law is already a big deal right like that is a big thing because you know they have the internet in India and number 2 saying cunt saying cunt in America where it's like You know, even when I went to Montreal, everyone's like, "No, remember, don't say cunt." And I was so inspired by you that even in Montreal, I was like, "Oh, I'm just going to roll with cunt because you roll with cunt, and if it's good enough for you, it's good enough for yeah. me." Yeah. And then, and you were like, "Yeah, do it." Who are these gatekeepers? Yeah. Yeah. Who are these gatekeepers? Please, these men talk about come and this and and that's fine. Like, oh, please, oh, please, yeah. spare me your censorship. We don't need to hear yeah. your opinion on what's okay and what's not okay. We will decide yeah. what's okay. Do you know how many yeah. disgusting dick and masturbation jokes we have uh, to sit through? I don't have to tell you. Yeah. Like I would listen to the word "cunt" fifty times over before I listen to that garbage. I know guys wiping their dicks on the curtains and you know teabagging spoons in <laughs> hotels. I'm like, fuck off. I've had it. I've fucking had it. Yeah. Hey, but so so you must have been funny around the house, or you must have had that in you because you didn't. You've got don't you have a bachelor's in in finance and a law degree? Yeah. So that would that should yes. have been your backup. You know, like you you say, like I was a stay at home mom for sixteen years. Like like you didn't have other options. Yeah. You are a well fucking educated woman. I did. I did. I practiced law for many years, but here's the thing: I was really bad at it. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I was the worst lawyer. I was, I was telling people, please don't come to me. 
Like, don't come to me. Yeah, I was a civil litigation lawyer, uh-huh. but I would get my own clients in trouble all the time. I'd be like, they would be like, he hit me and run away. I was like, no, he didn't. We all know you hit him. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> you know, and I couldn't help myself. <laughs> and I couldn't help myself. I was like, you know, this is not a way to keep clients happy. If everybody's ending up in jail, I'm not yeah. doing a good job. Yeah. So I did do it for a while and, and yeah. it was just not my happy place. Yeah. What can I say? And then the day I stepped foot on the comedy stage, it just all fell into place. Yeah. Zana, can I just, you have one of the most amazing life stories. Um, and I was just blown away. by. So when you were 14 years old, your mom passed away. From jaundice. I didn't even know you could die from jaundice. Mm -hmm. So your mom passed away. Yeah. Then what? You know, I was the youngest of four siblings. Mm. So I had three siblings who were much older than me, arranged and married. Yeah. And then my mom passed away suddenly. And the day after her death, my dad said to me, you know, I'm done parenting. You Mm. need to get married. Mm. And now... I know that outside of India, this seems a little shocking and it yeah. is a little young, even for India. But my own siblings were all married by 16, 17. So mm. it's not that yeah. out of the ordinary. The thing is that I grew up watching American pop culture. I, I was the kid who loved school. I loved being in school. I love being Same. a student. I'm obsessive right now. Yeah. If like you, if I have half an hour in an airplane, I watch a YouTube video about something new I can do, yeah. something new, I can, some technology I can learn, something I can cook, like whatever. Yeah. I'm obsessed with it. So I was like, no, I don't want to get married. Like I just wasn't mm. interested in that. Yeah. And my dad was like, no, you don't have a choice. Mm. You either get married or you can't live here. I think he was trying to scare me. Yeah. Into submission. And I was like, okay, so I won't live here. What's the big deal about that? You know, when you're 14 and 15, when your dad says you can't live here, you're like imagining endless pajama parties with your friends. Yeah. You're like, okay, fine. You don't want me to live here. I'll go live with my friend. She's been calling me anyway. Yeah. So I just like on a whim took off and I was like, all right, bye. See you. Yeah. (laughs) And and my friends took me in for two days. And then the, after two days, they're like, my mom thinks you need to go home. <laughs> he is not a bad father. I've never held it against mm. him. In that part of the world, marrying your daughter well is considered settling her life. Yeah. And then for a year and a half, I was couch surfing between friends, relatives, whoever is willing to take me in. And I know now at 40 something that those years were the roots of my comedy. Yeah. Because the number one way that people would take me in was that I was funny. Yeah. Everybody was like, oh, you know what? She wants to stay extra day. She always makes people laugh. I didn't know it back then. Yeah. I, I didn't know what I was. I was just trying to find a roof for one more night yeah. to not have to go back to my dad. Yeah. And th- that year and a half of like, you know, just drifting and couch surfing, yeah. I think shaped the way I look at things and the way I can turn things into funny moments, no matter what it is. Yeah. I, I do believe that a lot of comedians have a, that one, that switch, you know, that big thing that had happened, yeah. like a trauma trauma thing that happened, and that's where comedy comes from. It's like, but it's it's sort of, sort of like, um, you know, a mental thing. Like I remember 
in the 90s when, you know, AIDS was still ripping through, uh, you know, the gay community or just the world in general and just, you know, killing everyone off. Um, And then there were like two cases of these guys who had had AIDS for like 20 years or, you know, more than 15 years. And they did a study and they said these two guys, the only thing they had in common they didn't have the same background, the same anything, no no blood type, no nothing, nothing was the same, except for the fact that they both had exactly the same type of personality. Oh. They were both really positive. So I do think it's sort yeah. of a mental thing where you go, Oh, I could just chuck it all in. Yeah. Um, you know, and sort of go with what the hand that I've been dealt with, or I can just go, fuck it. I'm I'm taking out the cards. You can't stop me. It's funny you're saying, you just said you can't stop me because this is a mantra that I have repeated to myself since I started comedy because I found it late. And in the beginning, I was like, I don't know if I can ever make a headway in this business so late in the game. I really had a little bit of like, it might just be too late for me, even Mm. even if I know it's right for me. And then one day I woke up, I was like, you know what? It's not too late for me if I don't think it's too late for me yeah. and nothing and nobody is going to stop me. That's right. I just say it to myself every single day Yeah. that I am going to go out like kicking and screaming till the last day that I can do this now. Yeah. Because why am I giving anybody else that power? Exactly. There is no HR. We fucking do it. Yeah. And, and like, I'm sorry, but you and I were the best ones in Montreal. We know that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, are we allowed to say that? Are we yeah. going to piss people off? I don't care. The comedians are going to listen to this podcast. You know what we're like. <laughs> <laughs> I am one of the original online dating stories, that success stories. I met my husband on an app 25 years ago. On like a chat site? No, it was a dating site. It was a matri- it, it was called a matrimonial website for Indian singles. It was there was no photo and it was yes. very primitive. And my I put an ad out for myself in 1997, which was a first of its wow. kind. Because back then, women used to have their families speak for them, like my sister, my cousin. Yeah, the men would speak for themselves, but not the women, because yeah. you know, early days of the internet, everything was like, what if he's a serial killer? Yeah. So I put an ad out for myself, and I, I am very, very embarrassed about that ad today. But back then, I saw nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Uh, it was a very obnoxious, batshit, crazy ad of what I was looking for. Do you have the ad? What What did you, What did the ad say? No, I know. I know exactly what it, I was like. Listen, I am an ambitious law student. I was a third year law student. I'm looking yeah. for an amazing guy. You have to be ambitious. You have to want to do big things with your life because I'm going to do big things with my life. And you have to bring your tax returns because I need to see that you're working. And you need to bring your health That's report amazing. and your blood report because like, if you have some weird disease, I can't be with you. And this is pre-COVID. Like, how smart was yeah. that? Like, 20 years before COVID, yeah. I was like, let me see. That's how it should be done. You're like, I'm not here to fuck about. I need to know your sperm count. Yeah. I need to know your IQ. Like, I don't want to find yeah. out the big problems on the third date. You know, like, yeah. third date for Indian people. You're married. You have a kid already. It's yeah. too late. Yeah. Your mother-in-law is already in the spare room. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was part of my ad. I must like your mother because I already lost mine. I have one more shot. 
Oh, I was so crazy. Or is it? Oh, my God. In hindsight, holy shit, what was I thinking? No, I think it's perfect. And you know what's crazy? I got so many responses in Cleveland, Ohio, sitting in that tiny town where I was finishing up my law school. And the only reason I got all those responses, not because of this fabulosity, because people couldn't see this yet on the camera, right? There was no such thing. So they couldn't see it. But I got responses because I was the only woman speaking for myself. Yeah, amazing. And the guys were so excited to talk to a woman directly. Yeah. Not have to go through go through the mother and the grandmother and whatever. Oh, by the way, in the ad, I said, do not write to me if you want to be friends. I'm looking to get married. <laughs> God, I, I love was, it. Oh my God, it was so crazy. Listen, and so what? how did you get to your husband? What did he say? What did he do to get through to the... He's like, this ad makes no sense. You're crazy. This ad is not real. And I said, it is very real. And I can show you all the responses and all the dates I'm going. I was on three dates a day. I was like on a mission. Here's the thing. When I've decided I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. I'm not, I can't be, like, I can't be distracted. So three dates a day, I had a whole schedule. Yeah. Right? Like, we, we got to get shit done. Yeah. And this guy sitting in Switzerland at the time was yeah. like, this isn't real. I'm like, it is very real. So he flew yeah. from Switzerland wow. to meet me at JFK airport for a few minutes. Holy shit. Yeah. And how long after that did you guys get married? Did you did you click immediately? No, we hated each other immediately because he thought <laughs> I was so obnoxious. And I was like, I agree. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not trying to hide it. Why are you here? I told you not to come. Yeah. And he's like, no, but is this working? I'm like, it is very much working, sir. And you actually are obstructing my work. Yeah. <laughs> but we kind of hung out. And even though I was not supposed to be friends, I became friendly with him. Yeah. You know, at the time, that TV show Friends, did you ever watch Friends yeah. Yeah, yeah, growing yeah. up? Yeah. The, that show was all the rage, right? In the 90s and the, like... And to an Indian person, that show was a horror show. Yeah. Because everybody's dating everybody. Nobody's getting married. No kids are happening. Like, what is happening? Yeah. So I had this mindset, like, never be friends with anybody. Yeah. Because that's going to lead to nothing. Yeah. And then I met him and then we became friends. And then I was like, okay, listen to me, dude. We've been friends for two months. We already crossed every limit as far as I'm concerned. Now we either get married or you go on about your life. And and please don't call me ever again. Yeah. And he's like, you're serious? I go, yeah. I mean, I don't know how much more serious. I put it in writing. It's on the internet. What else you want from me? And then you got married. Yeah, we got married in that year. Shit, that's amazing. And now I tell all these young dating people, I tell them, like, don't cast. Don't say I'm easy to please. Why you say all that? Just be like, I'm a difficult ass yeah. bitch. And this is the only thing I like. Just be honest. Yeah. Zana, let me ask you, what is something about other people that shit you to death? Uh, about other people? Yeah. I would say, like, I, you know, it's more annoying than shits me to death, but I, do, I don't like having negative, pessimistic energy around me. Yeah. Like, it makes me really, like, if you're going to be scared about every, you know, that people who are like, anything you say, what if, what if? I'm like, I'm not scared of the thing. I'm scared of you. Yeah. I'm not scared of the thing. I will take that risk. I'm scared yeah. of you sitting in my airspace yeah. constantly trying to scare the shit out of me. Yeah. Like, just shut up. Take a chance or get out. 
It's okay. You don't want to play the game. Look, I love that. Cinnamon air spice. That is the best way to put it. You're fucking polluting my air spice. No, don't you feel like they, like you, I feel like I have a lot of faith in the world. That's why I put myself out there. You put yourself out there. We put our lives out there. Like I've been given this faith by the universe and by you, some random friend being, but aren't you scared? This can happen. I was like, I wasn't. Yeah. But guess what? Yeah, now I you am. put it in my mind. Mm. I was I was bumbling right along in my ignorance, making shit happen. Yeah. So now I'm very careful whose energy I allow in my airspace. Yeah. Like if I feel like it's an energy mismatch, I put an end to it right there. I'm yeah. like, you are not my energy people. Please go on, go meet my mother-in-law. Go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. I've never thought about it like that, but it's true. Like I, uh, and I, my brother and I talk about this all the time. It's like, cause my mom always says life is um, 10% how you get it. And 90% how you make it, you know, like you can get shit. Right. We all get shit, you know, but some people make little no, ornaments out of the shit and other people keep sitting in it. No. And whoever looks like they're living such a charmed life, they're probably just on a higher dose of the same meds. Yeah. Oh, please. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, they're all lying. You know, we're all drugged up. What What is wrong with people? Come on. They're just on a higher dose. It's all fine. <laughs> And, and what is the, the thing about you that shits you today? You know, I am, I will say that the same energy that I'm like, oh, I've been blessed with this ability. I will say yes to anything without thinking it through. Yeah. Like, no, oh, somebody will be like, oh, you want to headline this big room with two? I'm like, yeah, yeah, there's going to be 5,000 people wanting to come see me. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Like, look at me. Nothing suggests that this is going to invite 5,000 people in like some remote part of England. But I will say yes. And then I will have a panic attack like a week after I said yes. Yeah. <laughs> be like, Who lives in this town? What the hell is going on here? Why did I say yes to this? Yeah. See, but I, I think that's a positive. I say yes to everything. I'm like, yes, I'll do it. Yes, I'll do it. And saying that, I have yeah. started, you know, like unless it, if it doesn't feed me, if it doesn't serve my purpose, then I'm like, no, it's all right. I, I don't want to do it. I used to go, I, I don't want to miss opportunities. So I just say yes to everything. But now I'm like, hang on. It needs to serve it because my t- I'm so time poor that I don't want to give you any of my time. And it's not like, yeah, you know, so it, it needs to serve me. And if it doesn't serve me, then I'm not going to do it. We have to believe that everything we're doing makes sense and is going to resonate. You just yeah. have to believe that. Hundred percent. Can I just quickly, just uh, last question? Like, where do you see yourself? Like, do you think there's an end goal? You know, like, say, if you start working in finance, the you know the final thing is chief financial officer, and then you're done. That's that's kind of like, yeah. What do you? Where do you see yourself? Like, you've had this absolute rise right and and you've just yeah. But do you think like is there end game? Like, do you want to be like? Uh, the Oprah of the comedy world one day or like what would be your perfect where you go, this is it, this is how I know I've made it? I I foresee myself building like a big billion dollar South Asian comedy brand. And and the closest person I see who does what I think I will end up doing is Kevin Hart. The way he has developed his art craft and business brand around his art and craft, I kind of feel like 
I understand how he does things and in my brain works in that way. Yeah. You know, India sadly has not, you know, is very, has had tunnel vision in a lot of ways. Mm. The Indian Melissa McCarthy doesn't exist. The yeah. Indian uh, Joan Rivers doesn't exist. All mm. those spots are up for grabs right now. Yeah. And that big South Asian family comedy brand mm. is not really happened. Like a smart brand, you know, like yeah. proud of the writing, like really whip smart brand. And I hope that I'm going to be the one to capture that space. I actually believe I can do it. Yeah. In the same way that you're building your brand, I see a lot of parallels between what you do and 100%. I do. Yeah. And I'm trying really hard to stay in the family entertainment zone because that doesn't exist. And it's what I want. Yeah. It's coming out of a place of what do I want to watch with my kids? What do I wish I could do with my kids? And yeah. because it doesn't exist, I'm going to build it. Perfect. Fuck, I love that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm there for it. Hey, Zana, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And I'm so glad that I met you and that we have become best friends. <laughs> I can't believe I was so lucky to meet you in Montreal. The best thing to happen in Montreal for me. And I wish you guys all the best. Thank you. Oh, thank you. No, you're the best thing that came out of Montreal for me. That's Zana Garg. You can listen and watch Zana's new podcast, The Zana Garg Show, on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify now. Thanks for listening to this episode of That's Enough Already, hosted by me, Ursula Carlson, and produced by Natalie Turner. Supervising producer was Nick McClure, and special thanks to Ella Leaf and Big Sutherland. Couldn't do it without you, gals. If you like this podcast, remember to subscribe, share it with all of your friends, tell your mum, tell your sister, don't tell that annoying brother of yours, you know, but definitely share it with a friend.